0: Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the house of Sin, and studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. I hate you, yeah. to get Come on. Come on. i I don't get it. No. No. Faze Mom! Hello and welcome to It's Not a Phase, Mum. My name is Tammy, and this is a show where each week I will dive into a different genre of music or a subcommunity of the alternative. Here we're going to be focusing on all things emo, goth, punk, hardcore. We're going to be talking about the community controversies and the cultural shifts that these things have influenced outside of their niche communities. And today is going to be a really fun episode. Today we're continuing on from our previous episode where we outlined the formation of My Chemical Romance. Before I can eventually get to my theory as to why I'm so convinced that they will be releasing brand new music towards the end of this month. If you listened to last episode, you would have noticed that I never actually gave you a date. Today I have a specific date for you. I'm convinced 22nd of May, that is when we are going to be getting brand new MyCam content. So stick around to figure out exactly why I think this way. If you're listening live, you can catch me on the Sin Waves every single Friday night from 9 until 10 pm. That's 90.7 FM. Sin on DAB, or you can stream via Sin's website, sin.org.au. That is sin spelled S-Y-N. Make sure that you keep up to date with my socials. You can find me on at It's Not A Phase Sin on Instagram and on Twitter. There is a link in my bio on both of those sites where you'll be able to find every single playlist from all the shows I put out, as well as the podcasted episodes. So make sure that you listen back to last week's episode to get a little bit of context about what we're talking about today. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into the breakup period of the band, The Rise and the Fall, How to Fake your own death with my chemical romance. (laughs) It's important for me to flag now that there will be brief mentions of mistreatment of trans youth and we're going to be talking about a near fatal car accident so I'm going to skip over it as much as I absolutely can but just a little bit of a content warning before we jump into it. If you do need help, we have some fantastic helplines that can give you the help that you need. We have Beyond Blue on 1300 22 Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, and Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you do at all need to flick away, that is perfectly fine, but there is your content warning. You have been warned that there will be a couple of heavy topics, but I will skip over them as much as I can. Today, I will only be outlining the absolute most important details that I can to get over to my conspiracy theory as to why I'm so convinced that we're getting brand new music soon. I said this last episode, but I could make a whole season's worth of content just about this band. The things that I know is insane and not practical in a real world setting at all. So I am on a time limit. There are things that I will skip over. These are just the most bare bone details that you need to know before we get into it. So moving on from last episode, where we left off was we spoke about Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, My Chemical Romance's last studio album. It was released in 2010. What we knew at the time is that the band wanted to make something that was really rock and roll, upbeat, fun, a lot more happier than the dreary The Black Parade album released in 2006. They wanted to try a new vibe. They wanted to move away from what the media was trying to pin them as. And so they wrote this rock and roll album and it was good, but they decided that it wasn't creative enough. They wanted to do something a little bit more creative. So they got this whole comic book concept and applied it to an album. That's why we got The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. Now, we're going to circle back to this unreleased album, which is now known as Conventional Weapons. Now, we did not know very much about Conventional Weapons until in 2011 in March when Frank Iero did an interview with RockAAA.com where he said, I actually did have this idea when we were making the record. I said, I've got this great idea. We should record two records and release one and put the other one away in a vault. So when the band breaks up, it would be the last MCR record ever. We thought that it would be a fun idea and we kind of did it, but I don't know if it's going to be our last record. So this pretty much confirmed to the fan base that there was this whole album that just existed somewhere and everyone wanted a piece of it. It was very exciting. Within the meantime as well the band was talking about being in the studio and recording a whole nother album. We'll talk about that in a moment but we're just going to quickly jump to May 2012 where on the 19th of May My Chemical Romance would actually end up playing their final show at the Bamboozle Festival in Asbury Park in New Jersey. It's very important to note now that the band didn't know that this was going to be their final performance so neither did us fans. And also anecdotally, this is actually the time when I actually became a hardcore My Chemical Romance fan. This was supposed to be a Blink-182 gig and I was a really big Blink-182 fan and they had to cut out for whatever reason and My Chemical Romance stepped in and there was a big overlap in the fan base. So this is where I jumped in. This was possibly the worst time to jump in. But like I said, in the meantime, the band was talking about being in the studio, they were talking about releasing a brand new album, which in August of 2012, Gerard actually appeared on the Spoilers with Kevin Smith show and spoke about being in studio mode and said that the album was only referred to as MCR5 right now. This is the working title that fans also adopted. MCR5 has always been known as MCR5. If I talk about MCR5, I'm talking about MCR's fifth release studio album, It has had this working title for over 10 years now. In September of 2012, My Chemical Romance actually announced the release of their scrapped album, which we now know as Conventional Weapons. The way that they were going to do this was there was 10 songs. They were going to release two track EPs every month for five months. And so this started in October of 2012, when number one was released. We got the songs Boy Division and Tomorrow's Money. In November 2012, we got number two. We got the songs Ambulance and Gun. In December of 2012, we got Conventional Weapons number three. The songs that we got were The Light Behind Your Eyes and The World is Ugly. In January 2013, we got Conventional Weapons number four. The songs we got were Kiss the Ring and Make Room. And in February of 2013, we got number five. And the songs that we got were Surrender the Night and Burn Bright. This ended the 10-song collection. We finally had this kind of makeshift album. It's also important while we're here, though, that we jump back to December of 2012, because it was actually around then that the True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys comic book series was confirmed to be in production after it was first announced in 2009. Everything with the band was seemingly good at this point, though. The band was talking about being in studio. We were getting these comic book releases. I wonder if anything would eventually go downhill. (laughs) If we jump over to March 2013, just one month after the release of the final conventional weapons album, on the 22nd of March, My Chemical Romance announced via their website that they would be breaking up. The post read, being in this band for the past 12 years has been a true blessing. We've gotten to go places we've never knew we would. We've been able to see and experience new things that we never imagined possible. We've shared the stage with people we admire, people we look up to, and best of all, our friends. And now, like all great things, it has come time for it to end. Thank you all for the support and for being part of the adventure. I'm also going to note now that it's important to note that this was released at 2.22am. I don't know whose local time this was at the time. I honestly do not think it's anyone's. However, I'm going to point out 2.22am. 2.22. Very important. (laughs) As well, we got a tweet from Gerard Way that said, Beyond any sadness, what I feel the most is pride, which was accompanied with a photo of Harry Houdini performing an escape. Fans were very confused at the time. There was no farewell tour. There was no nothing. We did not know what was happening. Now, like I said, us fans didn't really know what to think or feel at the time because, like I said, this kind of came out of nowhere. The band was talking about being in the studio and writing MCR5, and there was potentially talks of a tour happening soon. Everyone was very excited, and then suddenly they had broken up, and we didn't really get too much clarity until two days later, on March 24th, Gerard Way tweeted a vigil on birds and glass. It was a twit longer, it was a very rambly blog post, um, but the Highlights in there are as follows. My chemical romance had built within its core a fail-safe, a doomsday device should certain events occur or cease occurring, would detonate. I shared knowledge of this flaw within weeks of its inception. Personally, I embraced it because, again, it made us perfect. A perfect machine, beautiful yet self-aware of its system, under directive to terminate before it becomes compromised, to protect the idea at all costs. This probably sounds like something ripped out of the pages of a four-colour comic book and that's the point. I'm still not sure if the mechanism worked correctly because it wasn't so much of a bang but a much slower process. But for the same result, and still for the same reason, when it's time to stop, we stop. Gerard finished the post by saying, My chemical romance is done, but it can never die. It's alive in me, in the guys, and it's alive in all of you. I always knew that and I think that you did too because it's not a band, it's an idea. When I tell you that that final phrase, it's not a band, it's an idea, caused havoc within the community, oofed. People were mad. People wanted MCR5. People didn't want this idea. But we will talk about the idea of the idea again very soon. The other clarity that we got was on March 24th, Mikey Way tweeted saying that their personal life had nothing to do with the decision to break up. I've skipped over it here because it's quite frankly not important, and it wasn't important then either, but Mikey's personal life was being dragged up in the media a lot. It's just important to note that Mikey addressed it and said that it had nothing to do with anything. We didn't hear from Frank until the 30th of March, where he finally made a bit of a blog post where they said that you know he was waiting for the dust to settle a bit before he spoke on anything. He pretty much echoed the same points as Gerard, but in a lot less rambly way. The important notes that I have are that he said that we began, we lived, and we ended MCR for all the right reasons. If you were there, you know how truly special a time it was, and if you weren't, then you probably wish that you were. Thank you for all the memories. My scrapbook is overflowing, and my heart is excruciatingly full. We never actually heard anything directly from Ray regarding the breakup. Now, the important thing here is that I'm not here to speculate why they broke up. I think it's quite honestly clear why they broke up. There were definitely multiple reasons and a lot of factors, but I do think it's very interesting that both Frank and Gerard mirrored each other in stating that the band started for the right reasons and they ended for the right reasons. And I think that it's very cool that we get to trust them on that and it's very cool that we have got to witness this band always do everything for a reason. I'm a firm believer that this includes the way that they ended things because they kind of left the door open in case they wanted to reform down the line, but we will talk about this more very soon. Now, being a My Chemical Romance fan was a really weird time around the breakup period because literally they broke up in March. In June, July, August, September and October of 2013, we got the first five comic books of The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys that were released monthly. So we were still getting a lot of content. Alongside this, though, in October of 2013, Gerard revealed in a tweet that there was going to be a Greatest Hits album because Gerard was designing the album art for it. Ending the 2013 highlight section, though, uh, we got an EP from Frank Iero. This was the first solo release from anyone in the band when he released his EP for Jamia, and he made no promises to continue on with music. This is just kind of something that he felt like putting out into the world. Moving into 2014, though, on January 1st, the sixth and final issue of The Fabulous Killjoys comic book was released, and at the end of January, the Greatest Hits album was officially announced, with pre-orders becoming available via the My Chemical Romance website. It was announced that this album would be titled May Death Never Stop You and would feature the final song that the band ever recorded together, titled Fake Your Death. Immediately, fans began to speculate. We got our first taste of this song in February when on the 17th it premiered on BBC Radio 1. Immediately fans started to dive into the lyrics and try and figure out conspiracy theories and quite honestly there wasn't a lot there other than the title of the song. It was just very much a farewell from the band. In February as well, Mikey announced that they would be continuing on with music starting a new venture titled Electric Century. In March of 2014, the Greatest Hits album came out. It also featured a couple of demos and like two hours of unreleased like video footage, so it was a pretty good time to be a My Chemical Romance fan, although quite bittersweet. In July of 2014, Gerard went on the Andy Greenwald podcast and discussed the final My Chemical Romance album, MCR5, and this is the first time that we actually heard about the details of this album. We found out that the album's title was going to be The Paper Kingdom, and it featured a storyline about a support group for parents who are struggling with the loss of their children, so they make up this story about their children being missing in the woods and fighting this witch. Very odd concept. I can't delve into it much because that's all that we were told. <laughs> Moving on to March 2014, though, we got our first full-length album released by anyone in the band when Frank, who was going under the title Frank Iero and The Celebration, released Aches. Just one month later, in September of 2014, Gerard Way dropped Hesitant Alien under his solo title as well. And I think the important thing to note here is that both of these musicians have spoken about how they kind of weren't sure if they want to continue doing music. Um, Frank in particular wasn't sure about being a frontman, but it just kind of ended up happening. They played the right music to the right people. They both got signed to different labels and the gears were in motion. Moving on to 2015, we're starting off the year strong. January 1st, Ray Toro released their first solo song, which was titled For the Lost and the Brave. This was for download for free via his website and also for streaming on SoundCloud. And it was dedicated to the memory of Leela Alcorn, who was a trans youth who lost their life. In April of 2015, Electric Century, which was Mikey Way's project, released their first music, which was a self-titled EP released for Record Store Day. And so now by 2015, we had heard brand new music from every single member of the band, which was so exciting at the time. We're ending the 2015 highlights mid-year in July when Gerard Ray and Mikey were all pictured together as Mikey played bass at a Sum 41 concert in LA. Now, there isn't actually much to be said here. It's literally just that we got a photo of the three band members together. Of course, Frank was missing, but Frank, A, lived on the other side of the country. He was living in New Jersey while the rest of the band was living in L.A., and B, Frank was probably touring at the time. He was very relentless with his touring schedule and was always out and about. But we got this photo of three members of the band together, which is the most that we had had in a long time, and it was a very exciting time in the fan base. It should also be said as well that all of the band members had gone on record and said that they were still all friends and they were still all in contact. It's just that this was the first time that we got to see them in contact and it was very sweet. Moving into 2016 now, this was a great time for speculation in the My Chemical Romance fan community, and this started in July, where the 20th of July, My Chemical Romance's official YouTube account uploaded a cryptic video of a flag that was waving in the air that had a whole brand new band logo that we had never seen before. Immediately, fans began to speculate. (laughs) The very next day on July 21st, My Chemical Romance had to clarify on Twitter that the video was uploaded to announce a 10-year anniversary album for the Black Parade, and they had to apologise, although they did say that they were very touched and blown away by the response. Somewhere in the meantime of this announcement and September of 2016, Frank Iero announced that they would be remodeling their live band, moving away from Frank Iero and the Celebration and moving to Frank Iero and the Patients. With the name change, there was also a lineup change and Frank announced the start of some tour dates. In late September of 2016, we got the Black Parade slash Living With Ghosts, which was the album that the band was teasing in July. This was a reissue of the Black Parade, which also featured some bonus songs and some demos and some things that didn't make it to the album from around that time. The day after this, Gerard and Ray performed together on stage for the first time since the breakup in support of the Puppets for Puppetry fundraiser. Immediately, fans began to speculate. A couple of days later, on September 28th, Gerard described performing for the event as to be on stage with friends and sharing art and performance was truly a gift. I knew the lay of the land pretty well as we had recorded there for months at one point. It was nice to build some new positive memories into the place. They went on to say that this was the first time that they have performed live in a long time and it felt good. Dreamlight, spectral horses, thunder, the desert floor careening into the army from the south." What a very Gerard Way quote. (laughs) Just two days later on the 30th of September, Gerard complained about how difficult it was for them to write comic books and saying that it was a lot easier for them to write music. They said, maybe it's a sign from the great beyond that I'm supposed to only be doing music as that comes so naturally to me that it often feels effortless, even when it's extremely hard and it's not working. But music still flows out of me unless there's a bigger problem within myself. With all of the things going on with My Chemical Romance at the time, fans began to speculate. Moving into October 2016, an unfortunate update but one that I do have to bring up because it will come up again later is that while out touring with the patients, Frank Iero and two other touring members of the band were involved in a near-fatal bus accident in Australia. It's important to state that it was near-fatal. It was very serious. However, nobody was harmed in the long term. Later that month, on October 28th, the album Parachutes was released by Frank Iero and The Patients. In November of 2016, we got the first full-length album release by Ray Toro when they released their solo album, Remember the Laughter. Finishing up the year, Gerard Way published a blog post that detailed everything that they had done throughout the year and a lot of their thought processes regarding everything, but they spoke about music. Music. I'll start with my music. I'm always writing music. I'm very lucky that way. There's always an idea and something that inspires me, even if it takes me a minute to figure out what I want to say, which is what really creates this space between releases. I'm about to convert a structure on our property into a recording studio, which actually won't take a lot of work because the space is already pretty perfect, great drum sound and church ceilings, secret echo chambers. I look forward to making some really weird stuff here and mine for the really hard-to-get diamonds. Moving into the new year, my focus will become split into music and comics. After the year that we had speculating, fans continued to speculate. (laughs) Moving into 2017, there aren't too many updates, but the updates that we do have are exciting. In May 2017, Frank Iero played a show at LA's The Troubadour and all of the My Chemical Romance members reunited publicly for the first time. All we got was some photos and we got to see them interacting for the first time publicly. We didn't get a performance or anything like that, but that was very exciting at the time. In November of 2017, Netflix also announced that they would be adapting Gerard Way's comic book, The Umbrella Academy, for television. Now, the comic book is something that I've completely skipped over here because quite honestly, the comic book is not relevant to the story that I'm trying to tell at all. However, it is important that we mention the TV show. Moving into 2018, on January 18th, 2018, My Chemical Romance's YouTube channel published an outtake for the music video for the song Sing, which showed the band members getting up after they had been shot. Immediately, fans began to speculate. In October, November and December of 2018, we also got brand new music from Gerard. On October 23rd, we got Baby, You're a Haunted House, which was exciting because it featured Mikey on the bass in the film clip. On November 16th, we got Getting Down the Germs, which was co-written with Ray. And on December 13th, we got the song Dasher, which references the My Chemical Romance song I Don't Love You in the lyrics. Now we are moving into 2019 now, which is a very important year for My Chemical Romance if you've been following along, because you would know that that is the year that Danger Days is set. Danger Days is set in California 2019. Fans have been speculating a lot of small things for a while now, but fans, since the band had broken up in 2013, have speculated something important happening in 2019. The year starts out on January 1st when Frank Iero announced a new band name and a new lineup. Again, now going under Frank Iero and the Future Violence. In February of 2019, Mikey Ray and Gerard attended the premiere of the Umbrella Academy together. Um, the show would then premiere on Netflix on February 15th, and we would get the songs "Happy Together" and "A Hazy Shade of Winter," which were both co-written and co-recorded by Gerard and Ray. In March of 2019, Frank released the music video for his song, Young and Doomed, which has a line in it which calls back to, I'm not okay, I promise, the song by My Chemical Romance. Also within this same week, it was the week of the 20th to the 27th of March, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge re-entered the Billboard charts for the first time in nearly 15 years. We don't really know why this happened. It was the six-year anniversary of the breakup announcement around this time. Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy was number one on Netflix at the time, and Frank had just released this song, so it could be a mixture of everything, but it is important to note that Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge re-entered the Billboard charts. Fans began to speculate. In May of 2019, Frank Iero and The Future Violence released their album Barriers, and in press for this release, Frank played Helena during an interview with Loudwire. Immediately, fans began to speculate. In late May, a headlining tour for Frank Era and the Future Violence began, which was supported by Reggie and the Full Effect and Jeff Rickley of the band Thursday. During these shows, James from Reggie and the Full Effect was caught a lot of times talking about My Chemical Romance and touring with the boys back in the day. Um, They have been a good friend of the band for a long time, and they were talking about My Chemical Romance an awful lot at these shows. As well, fans were talking about catching Frank's guitar picks at shows, which featured My Chemical Romance logos, as well as the Fungal logo, which was their character in the Danger Days series. Immediately, fans began to speculate. Also speculating at the time was My Chemical Romance fan Joe Jonas, where in June of 2019, in an interview for their own projects, they mentioned that they saw My Chemical Romance rehearsing together in a studio in New York City. If the fans weren't already speculating, they were definitely speculating now. And fans were actually digging up on old footage where also in June, there was a video that came out where it was very clear that Ray was mixing the sound at Frank Iero and the Future Violence's gig on May the 9th. In August of 2019, Frank Iero and the Future Violence end their South American Leg of their tour, and Jeff Rickley keeps sharing anecdotes of My Chemical Romance and talking about them in their set pretty much every single night, similar to what James from Reggie and the Full Effect was doing earlier. Fans continued to speculate. It was also around this time where Frank Iero did an iconic interview with the Voice of America Border Crossings, where when brought up the Joe Jonas allegations that My Chemical Romance was back together, Frank said that these allegations are like a broken clock. Most people would think that he misspoke and meant to say a broken record. I really hope that he's not setting up for the worst dad joke of all time ever. October 2019 starts off strong with Frank posting an Instagram video of him playing Bulletproof Heart, a My Chemical Romance song. The fans are speculating. On October 14th, Gerard spoke at LA Comic Con where they introduced themselves as from My Chemical Romance, not formally of My Chemical Romance. The fans are suspicious. On the 30th of October, Frank posted on Instagram with a caption saying that they're going to need to find something more interesting to do the next day for Halloween. This is accompanied by a photo of a baseball game. I don't understand the significance there, but on October the 31st, My Chemical Romance officially announced their reunion. They made a post that said in 2017, we got in a room together to see what would happen and a couple more jam sessions and 39 days of rehearsals later, we're ready to show you what we've learned see you soon. Now, you may remember in my last episode as well, I spoke about how Frank is My Chemical Romance's biggest fan, or at least was back in the day. I think it's very clear that they still are now because that is Frank's birthday, the 31st of October, Halloween. It makes sense that they would get back together not only on Halloween, but on My Chemical Romance's biggest fan, Frank Iero's birthday. (laughs) He posted on Instagram following up that previous post with another picture of a baseball game just expressing their pleasure of being back in the band My Chemical Romance. And they also on Twitter made a tweet about that broken clocks comment that they made in that interview that one time and clarified that it was in fact a dad joke and foreshadowing because even a broken clock is right twice a day. I hate this man. This is where we're going to leave it for this show. This was the rise and the fall of My Chemical Romance, How to Fake Your Own Death. I hope that the point that I was able to get across in this episode is that there was a lot of foreshadowing and a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that meant that My Chemical Romance were able to reform as a band if they so chose to. If they didn't want to, they never would have had to have, but they left the door open just enough that it's not super-duper jarring that they would come back as a band. Like I said last episode, this band has always done everything for a reason and I think that that includes reforming. And next episode, we are going to be talking about my theory as to why they will be releasing brand new music towards the end of this month, 22nd of May, 2023. You can tune in live again next week on 90.7 FM, SYN on DAB+, plus, or you can stream via SYN's website, sin.org.au, that's SYN spelled S-Y-N, As well, make sure that you keep up to date with my socials at It's Not A Phase Sin on Instagram and Twitter, where in the link in my bio, you'll be able to find the playlists of all the shows that I put out, as well as the podcasted episodes in case you ever need to catch up on a three-parter such as this one. I've also continuously been calling this a three-parter, but I'm convinced that it may potentially be a four-parter. So we will see where this takes us. I have so much information on this band. You would not believe the content that I have had to cut out of today. And it was important content too. There is so much that I know. I can talk about this for hours. Like I said, though, stick around for next week where we're going to be talking about My Chemical Romance's most recent tour. As well, in the timeline that we're at at the moment, we're at the end of 2019. So, hmm, I really hope that something on a global scale doesn't happen that affects the whole wide world. Tune in next week. Find out what happens. But in the meantime, you've been listening to It's Not A Phase Mum here on Sin with Tammy. If what you just heard's raised any issues for you, here are some people you can call right now to talk to. Lifeline 13 11 14. The Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 or Beyond Blue at 1300 22 46 36.